we've been loved generously, like lavishly. And so often we are so stingy with our loves as our love is a way to protect ourselves. Um, but if we really believe in Jesus' love for us, uh, what that'll do is motivate us to be outward facing, not inward. Hello, and welcome to the Influencers Podcast. I am your guest co-host for today's episode. I'm Chrissy Cochran, the Executive Director of Communications, and joining me is Mindy Wagner. Hi, Mindy. Hey, you want to introduce Chrissy. yourself? Yes, I'm Mindy Wagner. I'm executive assistant to the executive officers of CityServe. Yes, and we have fun when the regular co-hosts are not here because David Scott are traveling. It works out great, doesn't it? It does. We have a lot of fun. And we have a um, a wonderful woman on today, and I'm really excited about um, about this episode. So let's start with this. We have a couple of questions. Who exactly did Jesus love? What does Jesus have to say to the doubter or the denier? How does he address the discouraged, the fearful, or the outcast? Have you ever felt forgotten or faint-hearted? Have you ever needed spiritual or physical healing? There we go. Some good questions because our guest today, Jessica Thompson, is going to help us explore who and who and how Jesus loves. So Jessica Thompson is an author of several books, including Give Them Grace, Dazzling Your Kids with the Love of Christ. And I need to get that one for my kiddos and a frequent conference speaker. She is part of the podcast Front Porch with the Fitzes, which I have listened to. And it's a hoot and a half. You guys have to listen. And she is also the director of church life at Risen Church in San Diego, California. Jessica, welcome to the Influencers Podcast. We're so glad you're here with us. Thanks, Chrissy and Mindy. I'm happy to be here with you guys today. Well, let's start off with this. Tell us more a little bit about who you are and your background and what are you most passionate about? Um, okay, so me, my background, I grew up in the church. Um, you know, I'm, I was one of those, we were part of one of those families that well, we were always in church. Like if the church doors were open, our family was there. And um yeah, I learned really early on how to be the good girl and to to play that role with gusto. I uh, was, you know, always involved in youth group and and doing all the things. You know, like a letter I had a, on my Letterman's jacket. I had a Bible verse. I was like that kid, uh, always at all the events. And then I went so far as um, to go to Bible college right out of high school to get my bachelor's in theology. Um, but I was not a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I just really loved hearing uh, that I was doing a good job. I really loved hearing that I was good. And um, so I just, yeah, I just played a role. Uh, when I was in Bible college, we had um, like prayer before our classes. And uh, I, I remember very distinctly being in one of those prayer times where I, I used to just take like a gentle nap before going to my classes because I wasn't praying. Um, but I remember very distinctly during one of those prayer times, um, the Lord just impressing on my heart that all of my goodness wasn't uh, what he was looking for. He was looking for the goodness of Christ placed over my life. Um, and so I got saved in Bible college, <laughs> which is a wild story. Uh, I came home and talked to my parents and they were very surprised um, at that statement because, you know, this whole time, like 
everybody thought I was, you know, superhero Christian. I won um, Miss Christian Character in kindergarten. I'm still very proud of that award. (laughs) The only award I've ever won. So I will hang on to it. Um, But got saved in Bible college. And uh, yeah, it's that's that's kind of my background, but really was uh, addicted to uh, my own goodness. And so since then, Christ has uh, been slowly stripping me of all the things that I put my confidence in that uh, I get my identity from that are not him. And I look forward to heaven where that stripping will be done. Um, <laughs> but uh, right now I'm in seminary. I'm going to Redemption Seminary to get my master's in biblical studies. And like you said, I am on staff at Risen Church in San Diego. And um, yeah, that is pretty much my life. I have three adult kids. Uh, 19 is the youngest, 24 is the oldest. And um, yeah, that is kind of who I am right now. Just living my life out here in sunny Southern California. Fantastic. Well, thanks for sharing all of that with us. Now, you do have a new book, which is what we really want to talk about today. And it is called He Loved Them. Discovering Jesus's heart for seekers, sinners, doubters, and the discouraged, and other people like us. And I love that title because yeah. it's like, that's all of us, right? It is. Um, but I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. But there is, there's no doubt that many people, including believers, struggle to understand how Jesus could love them. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, when I, when I was reading your title, it was just the other day where I'm writing I'm driving down the highway with my kiddos and we have a certain, uh, a couple of areas here in Bakersfield. They're just like, it's just overcome with homelessness. And, you know, they're, they're walking around like tweaked out and jaywalking and, and being inappropriate. And I was having a moment with my kids and I had to tell them like, you guys, Jesus loves them just as much as he loves you. I want you guys to think about that. Because you, because I have the best kids, let me tell you, I really do. And they love the Lord. They're learning what it means to like follow Jesus and all of that. But even just for us adults, like to understand, mm-hmm. like, man, God is crazy. He's, Jesus is crazy in love with, mm-hmm. with all of them too. And we're all broken in different ways. So mm-hmm. anyway, well, as we read through the gospels, how does each book portray Jesus's love for everyone he encountered? And how did you approach studying the gospels? What did you discover about the life of Christ? Yeah, man, what a journey it was. I think we all would say, and you would ask any Christian, like, do you think Jesus loves you? And of course, like we sing the song, Jesus loves me. (laughs) This I know, right? The Bible tells me Uh, that's essentially my book. (laughs) But what I've done is I went through the gospels and, um, you know, I read them in tons of different translations. I went back to original languages. I read them parallel. I just spent Um, a ton of time just reading through the Gospels. And I would just encourage anybody who's listening to this, man, if you want to know about Jesus' love, um, first of all, buy my book. No, first of all, pick up your Bible. And then uh, my book would be such a good companion for you as you go through the Gospels and read these stories of how Jesus interacted with specific types of people. Because again, I think we would say, yeah, I know Jesus loves I know Jesus loves me in a general sense, but when I ask you in the middle of your discouragement, in the middle of your doubting, in the middle of your denying him, would you say, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so? 
Would you say that? The chances are most of us would waffle on it, right? Well, I mean, I know the Bible says it, but I don't really know if that's about, you know, like we just back and forth. And so as I was going through the Gospels, I think what surprised me the most, what I found so beautiful was all of these spaces and places um, where people are that um, we think, oh, maybe his love doesn't go that far. <laughs> oh, like like you're saying these people that we see um, and, and immediately our gut reaction is to sort of like turn from them, whoever it is, a failure, someone who's doubting, someone who's a mess, um, someone who has committed a ton of sexual sins. Like our immediate reaction is to be like, ah, uh, I don't, I don't want any part of that. Jesus' immediate reaction was almost always to feel some sort of pull towards them. Their brokenness is what pulled his heart towards them. The Bible over and over again talks about how he feels compassion for these different types of people. And that word compassion isn't just like, man, I feel bad for them. Like when we're driving down the street and you see someone who doesn't have a home, you're like, ah, I feel bad for them, but you just keep on driving, right? When Jesus says he feels compassion, when we see that word in the Bible, um, it, it almost can be translated as like an outrage and not at them, at the circumstance they're in. It's this like, ah, oh, this isn't the way it's meant to be. And so then because it isn't the way it's meant to be, because they're not living a life um, of shalom, like wholeness or peace, Jesus' heart is drawn to them in a way to like restore them and be close to them. Um, the very things that we think that will repel his love are the very things that I saw over and over and over again throughout the gospels actually moving him towards people. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Jessica, that is so good. I wanted yeah. to, yeah, I mean, that <laughs> is so good. <laughs> is, he is so good. And I, yeah. I think we don't look at Christ like that enough. Mm -hmm. We don't mm -hmm. consider how he considers the broken mm -hmm. enough. And like you said, like when I'm in my own midst of doubt, disbelief, all of that, just feeling discouraged, I kind of don't think about Jesus loving me that richly, that deeply, that truly. So that is, it's really, we have to wrap our heads around that and kind of our soul around that. I love that. So, so my, my follow-up question to that is really, in your words, in your view, how does this whole idea of Christ's love and his life affect my understanding of everything, right? Our understanding of the world, of God, of others, of myself. Mm -hmm. like, how do those intersect? Yeah. How, how do you define that? Yeah. So as we look at Jesus' life, he lived as a human was meant to live. He lived um, and again, I'm going to use this word shalom, which really just means completeness or wholeness. Um, he lived a life of shalom. And so what that means is this completeness, this wholeness, a non-anxious life. He lived this way with God. He never doubted how God felt about him. He always knew he was the beloved son. I mean, that was just, he operated from the identity of the beloved son. So his relationship with God, he had complete shalom and wholeness. His relationship within himself, 
He never had imposter syndrome. He never doubted his work. He never felt like, oh, I'm not good enough to be doing this, or oh, I should have done that better. Never felt that. Um, his relationship with others. All he did was seek to love others. All he did was seek to pour out his life for others. Um, and then even his relationship with creation, we see how he uses the bread and the fish to, to feed the thousands. We see how he walks on water to um, assure the disciples that he's powerful. So even his relationship with creation, he doesn't use it to serve his own means. He uses it to love others. And so as we look at the way Jesus lived, as we look at how he lived this life of complete shalom, um, as we watch the way he walks, uh, the hope is that we will see that and we'll walk as he walked, that we'll, we'll realize we also have peace with God, complete shalom with God. Um, because of his work, because of Christ's work, we're now completely at peace with God. The Bible says that all over the place. Um, we can look at ourselves and say, yeah, I, I, I am a mess up, but I'm also going to operate out of the identity of the beloved. If every day we woke up and thought to ourselves, first thing, I am forgiven, I am cleansed, and I'm righteous before God. What would our day look like if we just thought those things? <laughs> and then how, we, how do we love others? Because now uh, if we have complete shalom with God, um, a complete shalom within ourselves, then I don't need to look to you guys to build my identity. I don't need to look out there um, for uh, me to feel okay about myself. So instead of using you, to make me feel okay about myself, your opinion of me, um, being enslaved to that or uh, trying to be super nice so you guys like me, um, which I'm not doing, by the way. <laughs> Just kidding, I am. Please like me. Um, instead of using you guys, I am operating out of a sense that I'm already loved. So because I'm already loved, I can love you. I don't need anything. I can love you because I've been given everything I need by God through the work of Jesus Christ. And so as we look at his life, uh, that's how it changes for us. Okay, that is good. Which leads me to ask you one other question, follow-up question, and then we can move on. All yeah. of that, right? I'm thinking about the godness of Jesus when you talk about this, like his, all of that. Why? Tell me why you start your book, chapter one, yeah. talking about the humanity of Christ mm -hmm. and then how that relates to his love for right. me. And right. so yeah, his humanity is so important to us. And I, and I don't know if you guys have watched any of The Chosen at all, um, but that show has done such, okay, yeah, yeah. So that show has done such a good job of showing us how human Jesus Christ was. Now, obviously, it's, it's just a TV show. I get that. But it's done such a beautiful job of, of showing us how Jesus was a human. He had human emotions. He walked on this earth. Every other religion is about us working our way up to God. Christianity is about him coming down to us, wrapping himself in our flesh, walking out the life that we um, are called to walk out. And so because that's so important, when Jesus says that he has compassion on someone who is a denier or on someone who's discouraged, it's because he feels it with them. He knew what it was like to, to be here, to see sickness, to see death. He understands that human emotion part. And while he did it, 
um, yet he was still without sin, right? So uh, Hebrews tells us that he's a high priest who sympathizes with us in our weaknesses. And, and so he gets it. It's such a real um, guttural sense. He gets it because he lived here and he understood it. So it's important for us when we think about Jesus being here on earth, not to think like, oh yeah, well, he was God. And so it was super easy for him just to be kind to everybody and love everybody. He had no emotions. Um, it was just all a big walk in the park for him. No, um, Jesus had to fight to walk without sin. He had to fight against any sort of temptation. He And, and this is not something we'll ever completely understand, right? How do you be completely God and completely human? But we know it's true. We know somehow in the middle of that mystery, Jesus understands human emotion and yet he's still God. And so it's important for us uh, when we're going through something to think, ah, oh, Jesus gets this. And not just in like an up here, sort of in my mind, like above me sort of sense, but like a wrapped in my flesh sort of sense. He gets this. I love that too, because it's like God created us. I mean, we're God's creation and he created us to like, when we, when we feel like we're understood, that's when we can really connect. Like even in the relationships in our lives, like, mm -hmm. you know, if we feel like um, people in our lives understand us, you know, and then it just strengthens our interpersonal relationships and we can connect. And it's no different than, you know, the relationship with, we have with our savior. Mm -hmm. And that's the way mm -hmm. God designed us to, to be. And he knew we mm -hmm. would need that. And it just all, mm -hmm. it just all goes around this perfect design. So yeah, um, yeah there's, there's something to that. Can I just say one there, thing definitely. about that really quickly? Yeah. So after those verses in Hebrews where it talks about he, he's a high priest who understands and sympathizes with us in our weaknesses, right after that, it says, so come boldly to the throne of grace where you'll receive mercy and help in your time of need. And so, yes, mm. it's that connection piece. He understands, yes. so run to him in your time of need. Yeah, that's so good. And, you know, going even a step further, can you give us a couple of examples of Christ's love for some specific groups of people in the mm -hmm. book that, um, you know, just books of people, just the type of people uh, and how, how you hope it will impact them? Mm -hmm. I mean, we could look at um, Jesus with Peter who denies him, right? Mm -hmm. I, I just love this story so much. You know, you have, you have Jesus tell Peter um, at the Last Supper, hey, listen, bro, you're going to deny me. And Peter's like, never, I'll never do that, right? I'd rather die than deny you. And Jesus doesn't say to him, um, I know you're going to deny me, so don't. What Jesus says to him is, I know you're going to deny me. Um, um, and when you've returned, strengthen your brothers. He doesn't ever tell him, don't deny me. What he says to him is use that fall, use that weakness to then turn around and tell everybody, gosh, if he can love me, he can love all of us, right? Encourage your brothers with that. So we see by the fire, Peter denies Jesus three times. Um, and it's not even clear if Peter's in any real danger, but he feels like it. Denies Jesus, says he doesn't know him. Um, hears the rooster crow, sees Jesus. I mean, I can't even imagine what he felt in that moment when the rooster crows three times and he turns and sees Jesus being transferred, the utter 
heartbreak this man must have felt. Um, and then he, he ends up again with the disciples. It says he ran out and wept bitterly. And interesting, right? Because Peter gets restored. Peter ends up back with the disciples and they all end up together. And, and Judas has the same thing. Judas denies Jesus. Judas betrays Jesus. But Judas meets a very different end. And that's because Judas doesn't end up going back to the community. He goes out by himself. He doesn't get to hear, oh, but remember, he loves us. Judas is just on his own, ends up, ends up uh, taking his own life because of the heartbreak. I'm sure that the heartbreak Peter felt was similar to the heartbreak Judas felt. But Peter was able to be in community. And to be told, oh, come on, let's stay together. Let's, let's, let's do this together. So we see him denying Jesus three times by a fighter. And then we see Jesus after the resurrection. And this is so good. We see Jesus after the resurrection, also by a fire, asking Peter three times over, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And Peter's like, you know, I love you. You know, I love you. And the very last time Jesus asks him, Peter says something like, you know, all things. And in that moment, he's confessing to Jesus, you know, I'm a screw up. You know, I don't love the way I should love. You know, I denied you. You know, all things, but you also know I do love you. And Jesus restores him. And so for the people out there who deny Christ, and maybe we don't outright say like, oh, I don't believe him. Um, maybe we do it in our actions. Maybe there's people who are in leadership that are listening to this and they know that in their daily life, they're denying Christ by the way they act. Um, Jesus is so powerful that he can use that very thing in your life that you're ashamed of, that very thing in your life where, where you're walking out a denial of Christ. He can use even that to draw other people to himself because even in that, he's like, come back in. I want to use you. Do you love me? I love you. Come back in. Come back in. And so for the denier, and again, might not be an outright like, I don't believe in Jesus. It could be. It might not be, though. It could just be the way we walk in our daily lives. Jesus is calling you back to that same fire. And he's asking you if he, you love him. And then he's going to commission you out to do the work of encouraging others and feeding his sheep. Wow. That is so good. Well, I just, I have one other question for you, kind of just to tag on to that. If there's anything else you want to add to that, I think about this. It, and here's the question is, how do you believe that Christ's love can impact and change our own lives in relationship with others? Because I think about your answer there and how it changes my relationship with Christ, that he draws me back in my doubt. And he just says, come, right. But, and then just to tag on to that and how it can even just change our relationship with others. Mm -hmm. And so Christianity is never, it was never just about, um, me and God. That's a huge part of it, right? Like this, me and God has got to get straight first, but it's never just for that in and of itself. Christianity is always about love God, love others, and this pushing outward. It's loving our cities. It's loving our neighborhoods. Um, it's loving the way we've been loved. So as we look and understand how Jesus interacted with the discouraged or the doubter or the denier or the failure, as we watch the way he walked, the hope is that will move something in our hearts towards our neighbors, towards, and, and by neighbors, I don't necessarily mean the person living next to you, although it could be. I mean, even at your dinner table, who's next to you? 
to love those around us in a different way, to love those uh, people around us the way we've been loved. And the way we've been loved has been, um, we've been loved generously, like lavishly. And so often we are so stingy with our loves as our love is a way to protect ourselves. Um, but if we really believe in Jesus' love for us, uh, what that'll do is motivate us to be outward facing, not inward. So yes, your relationship with God is of primary importance, but he didn't just save you to save you so you could be in a holy huddle. He saved you to send you so that you could love your city, so that you could love the people around you, so that we could see those people that... um are in are enslaved to addiction and we won't look at them like oh the other look at that person we'll identify with them because that's what Jesus did Jesus said I was hungry and you didn't feed me um I was thirsty and you didn't give me a drink I was naked and you didn't clothe me I was in prison and you didn't come and visit me um and so for us to see those people and think oh those are image bearers they are image bearers of God, so our hearts will be moved towards them, that we stop looking at people who maybe aren't um, the same ethnicity as us, or maybe they're not educated like we are, or maybe they're in a different socioeconomic bracket. We stop looking at them as another, and we start identifying with them just like Jesus did. He says, I'm them. <laughs> I'm the one who's hungry. I'm the one who's thirsty. And so as we see how Jesus loved the people that were marginalized, loved the other, right? Uh, we are the other. That's us. We're the weak. <laughs> we're the hungry. We're the thirsty. As we watch how he loved them, um, the hope is that it will change us to love in the same way. Not to earn anything, but as a grateful response. Uh, Chrissy, aren't you just um, compelled and inspired by Jessica, your joy and your compassion in your voice when you challenge us to really think about Christ and how this affects how we love each other? Like, Chrissy, isn't it inspiring just the way Jessica leads with that? Uh, absolutely. And I, we totally get hit as far as, you know, with our mission and, and our vision with City Serve is understanding like how to be influencers for Christ, you know, and how mm -hmm. to mobilize the church to, for more mm -hmm. soul winning. And it's really what you're saying is so important to really understand um, Christ's love for us and all of that, mm -hmm. you know, overflows from that. And let me tell you, like, this has been so much fun um, interviewing mm -hmm. you. It makes me want to take this podcast as a video podcast because you are so animated and energetic <laughs> and this is audio only. And I'm like, oh my, I'm totally enthralled in all your stories. And I'm a hand uh, talker. You're so captivating. <laughs> no, well, you're so captivating. And, oh, and so I'm trying to stay focused, like on my next question and everything, but you've just drawn me in so much. So I know that's what you know, the audience will do when they get your book. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to encourage them to go out, buy the book. And again, it's called He Loved Them, Discovering Jesus's Heart for Seekers, Sinners, Doubters, and the Discouraged and Other People Like Us. Now, before we wrap this up, I do mm -hmm. have one more question. And it's a question uh -huh. that we always love to ask our guests. Okay. And it's really about, you know, taking a look back and, and taking a look at all the stuff that you've learned in the area of your life and your journey and what is one thing that you wish you had known sooner that would have made a difference in your life or career like what is something that you wish you knew back then mm -hmm. I wish I would 
and this is something I still wish I, uh, I mean, I know it, but I wish I really knew it in my heart and deep in my soul. Um, I wish that I knew that my identity, um, that God's love for me wasn't based on my performance. So even as I'm talking about these things and about going out to our cities, loving our cities to life, even in that, um, for all of my failures, I'm loved and forgiven. And so I want, <laughs> even as I, like, as I'm writing books and I, I just, I really want to know in the deepest, deepest part of my soul, um, that I'm loved, that I'm forgiven. And, and, and anybody who's serving, anybody who loves Jesus, uh, your performance um, how you work out in your ministry, how you walk out in your daily life. Um, he's going to love you no matter what, but because he loves you no matter what, go for it with courage and gusto and give it your all because you're loved. You don't have anything to lose. That's what I wish I do know. And that's what I wish I'd continue to know. Amen. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for yeah, joining us. Fun in this time and man you are such a treasure and such a blessing and you have just blessed us so much so thanks for joining us and we'll talk soon sounds good thank you we hope you enjoyed this episode of the influencers podcast on the charisma podcast network if you enjoy our content we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts you can follow us on all social media platforms at the influencers podcast official you can stay up to date hear more inspiring content and unlock your full potential as an influencer remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to jesus